Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick B. Fun fact about Nick B. He oh, was yeah? a merchant marine and he went to New Zealand and he lost his keys there. He oh. lost his keys in New Zealand? Yeah, keys to the boat. <laughs> Sorry. So he was the captain of the merchant marines is what you're saying. <laughs> keys to his cabin on the boat? Yeah. And then they just left him behind? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Nick B has led an interesting life. He really has. This episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori. Fun thing that Ori did is she uh, she sent me a flower, like a nice flower, put on my front porch. It was really nice, uh, and it really made my day. And thank you, Ori. What kind of flower was it? Well, it, it was, was in so- a paper bag, and it was on fire. It was kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird smelling flower, but you know, it's the thought that counts. At least someone knows where I live. <laughs> that's, that's not a good thing, Mikey. That's uh, a sad, weird thing you just said. This episode also brought to you by Matt. Yeah. And Matt is from Sweden and wants us to read some Swedish fun facts. So here's one for you. The famous Swedish smorgasbord was once a peasant custom where whole villages would gather at the end of the summer to celebrate the harvest with roast game, boiled potatoes, turnips, Fresh smoked or pickled fish, meatballs, pancakes, and soups. Today, the term refers to a meal made up of different dishes similar to a buffet where diners choose what they want to eat. And that's where it comes from. It comes from an ancient Swedish custom. That sounds uh. very midsummery. It does sound very midsummery, <laughs> which is a movie we should do. Can't wait to watch it again. Because <laughs> Paige has some thoughts. Oh, I loved that movie. Can't wait to force y'all to watch it again. <laughs> well, we will dig into it. In an upcoming episode, I'm sure. Yay. We now return you to another episode of The, the Patrioticals. Okay, Karun comes out and he says, today you have to fight vampires. But Eddie <laughs> and Isaac took Tristam to the electronic thing they found. Oh, yeah. Because he's a cyborg. They hooked him up to it. And they learned how to control the teleporter machine or whatever. That's a very R2-D2 or BB-8 kind of move. I definitely don't steal this from other things. No, I mean, all of this is 100% off the top of the dome. You never borrow IP from the movies we've watched. No, definitely not. Why would you? completely random. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) they're working on that. Right. And then Matthew and Kate are like, Matthew's like, hey, I sharpened some sticks that he found okay. on the moon. Yeah. Okay, some moon sticks. Yeah. <laughs> moon you, know, sticks. you know, Paige, like the very common moon sticks that can be found there. They brought back moon sticks, Paige. I mean, there's moon trees everywhere. I know. So you're going to, where you, where there's trees, there's going to be sticks. It's right next to the Sea of Tranquility. It's the forest of forgottenness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's basically up there. It's like Candyland, but with moon stuff. <laughs> Candyland with moon stuff. <laughs> so Kate uses her telepathy and shoots the moon sticks through the hearts of the vampires. It takes like two seconds, and Matthew's like, "Great job! I'm glad I carved those for you." And then, and then uh, Eddie and Isaac are like, "We did it." Matthew's real passive aggressive. Oh, great job! I'm glad I did that. Glad I cut down the only trees on the moon. <laughs> it's in the dark side of the moon, so like, it's very Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they they reactivate the teleporter. Oh, and then nice. Karun runs out. He's like, "What are you doing?" And it's like he gets sucked down too <gasps> from the Mooner Dome. They all awaken to find themselves in the Bahamas. Oh, look at that! And Karun's like, "Oh no!" And then he gets a text message that says, 
he's fired from the intergalactic TV network and he's stuck on Earth. So Karun, his backstory is that he is just a producer for the IGTN intergalactic television network. Yeah, he was recording their fights for their show, their right. reality show. All right. And aren't we all proud of Mikey for remembering things this week? Yay. <laughs> but my question is, can Karun breathe oxygen? What does the Bahamas have in store for our heroes? Did Mikey forget about the apocalyptic landscape of Earth? Find out next week on another episode of The Patriarchals. So it has become that very special time of the month when we do our You Can Get It level shout outs. So these are the people that pay us $25 a month on Patreon. And they get a lot of other great perks too, but this is one of them. So a special thank you goes out to Megan... Thank you, Megan. Yeah, very you can kind get of you. It. You can get it. And Veronica. Veronica gets it. Yeah, Veronica hey. has been getting it for a long time, and thank you so much. Uh, also, Nick can get it. Nick has hey, gotten Nick. it. For, thank you so much, Nick, for getting it. We also have Mandy who can get it. Mandy is going to get it. Oh, is she? Is that a threat, Mikey? <laughs> I hear that's what happens in that Nick Cage film. <laughs> oh. Another person who can also get it is Nikki. And thank you so much, Nikki, for getting it. And Daisy can also get it. Get it. So Daisy. can so can John, who can also get it. And he's the one who's keeping up the good or keep up the good work. So I don't know if he wants me to say his name. So John, if you don't want me to use your real name, I apologize. Please let me know. Um, but yeah, so yes. John slash keeping up the good work. Thank you so much. I wouldn't want it to get him confused with any I mean, John's such an you know, unique name. I don't want anybody out there to recognize. Guys, him. don't find John. All right. <laughs> Another person with a very generic name, Miggy Mac. It can also get it. <laughs> you know, there's like Miggy Macs are like three for a dozen. Yeah, might as well be a John Smith right there. I went to school with five Miggy Macs. <laughs> wow. I bet that got conf- confusing. Uh, and another person um, who can get it is Scott. So thank you, Scott, for getting it. Yes, thank you, Scott. Two people who have been giving it to each other are Kayla and Aaron, and they can both get it. So thank you guys, Kayla and Aaron, for getting it. Are they married? Um, Kayla bought it for her husband, Aaron. Okay. And so we just shout them both out because, you know, they love each other and they can get it from each other. Another person who can definitely get it is Morgan. So thank you so much for getting it, Morgan. This is a new one. Yeah, I think these last ones are new ones, guys. So welcome these new You Can Get It levels. Callie. Thank you so much for getting it. Another new one is Christy. Thank you so much for getting it. And Nicole rounding out the You Can Get It level sponsors. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nicole, for supporting the show. It really, really, really helps. We can't tell you how much it does. Thank you so much. All appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. This episode finally brought to you by Chris. And Chris, Chris just, just wants you guys wants all to know that you are loved. To know that you're loved. And you're a listen to. And Mikey's going to mock you sometimes, <laughs> but that's okay. Because, because he wouldn't do it if he didn't he love you. you. Yeah. I think, I think when coronavirus is over, Chris and I need to go to Halloween Town. Hell yeah! You live in the yeah. same town as Chris. Yeah, yeah, Chris and I live like only if I can fly out there and go with you. Absolutely, yeah. Chris and I must live a stone's throw from each other because we know all the spooky stores. And honestly, I want to go get some of these shirts that he's showing off in the Facebook group. So I will plan on flying out there. Natalie and I could fly out there and we can all go to Halloween Town together. Halloween Town has the best shirts. Do you hear that? The wind through the moon trees. It sounds like the theme music. (laughs) 
bro. We could make a script of a science fiction movie about a space station in the, on the dark side of the moon. I think this exists. It's with Nazis, not vampires. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. It's called like Iron Sky or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, there yeah. are I was sequels. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, something hiding on the dark side of the moon. I have heard this before. Yeah. Here's my elevator pitch. Do 30 it. 30 days of night in space. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies. And normally you guys make me watch them. But this week, you guys made me watch What, what We, we do, do in the, in the shadows. shadows. We should say that the listeners made me watch this movie this week. And honestly, thank you. I've never enjoyed a movie about a woman realizing her own power and taking back <laughs> ownership of her own space. So, so thank you guys much. so much. For introducing me to Jackie in What We Do in the Shadows, who I would argue has the best story arc of anyone in the movie. Absolutely. Anyway. And you have to watch through the credits to get it. I know. Yes. I know. I love it so much. I, there's so much I love about this movie. It was the first time I had seen it. Had you guys seen it before this? Absolutely. I've seen it a bunch. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. So first thoughts when you first saw it, what did you guys think? I saw this in its original theatrical run. No so it shit. actually Yeah. So it did like a really, really short run in just a handful of theaters. And the cool thing about living in Los Angeles is we always are one of those theaters. And so I saw it then and then it, they did a Kickstarter to have it show everywhere. And the theater near me just kept it. So, like, I saw it oh, and I was nice. like, damn, that's been out for, like, a year. And they just, like, <laughs> kept playing it at this little art house. But I saw it because I was a huge Flight of the Concords fan. Sass. And I was just like, I'll watch Jermaine in anything. Let's do this shit. Mm -hmm. And loved it. Like, loved it. Had no idea what I was in for and absolutely loved it. Awesome. Mikey, what did you think when you first saw it? Well, obviously, it's hilarious. Oh, so good. But, I mean, I heard a lot of buzz about the movie, and I really wanted to see it. Unlike Paige, I don't live in a cool place. I mean, I do live in a cool place, but... Nashville's cool, but we are technically a flyover state. Like, I'll give it that. Right. So I finally got to see it, and I was, I was super happy with it. I thought it was hilarious. I love this movie. I, I had no idea it was, like, Vampire Spinal Tap. And I yes. love Spinal Tap because I'm yes. a music nerd and I just think those guys are really, really funny. That comedy troupe that did Spinal Tap and a bunch of other movies. When, when I realized like two seconds into this movie that that's what this was, I was like, oh, hell yes, let's go. I'm super excited. <laughs> Honestly, it delivers on that premise almost as good, if not better than Spinal Tap. Like, I loved it. Absolutely. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to fun facts, but there's actually an original short film that this is based on. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay, cool. All the same people are in it. It's like 23 minutes long or something like that, but they're doing it with like... Like Halloween store plastic face. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And and like minimal makeup. And it's literally just the like talking head portions. Oh. So it's clearly like like the germ of the idea was there. Sure. And then the the movie, they definitely fleshed it out. But if you want to see Taika Watiti struggle to talk in plastic fangs i do definitely watch it on youtube we need to link that because that that is awesome yeah what we do in the shadows original short film and it's on youtube awesome yeah. that is awesome all right well maybe we should just get into the movie and talk about it because this movie is awesome absolutely yeah so we open on a 
title card for the New Zealand Documentary Board. And it looks like it was straight out of like 1984. Like it's awesome. Yeah. It's setting it up as if it's a real documentary. It's a lot like documentary now. If anyone's watched it on HBO, if you haven't. I love documentary now. Do yourself a favor. It is amazing. Especially if you're a documentary nerd. And I am a documentary nerd. Yeah. Yes. After that title card goes down, we get another one that says, every few years, a secret society in New Zealand gathers for a special event, the Unholy Masquerade. Then a second one. In the months leading up to the ball, a documentary crew was granted full access to a small group of the society. Then we have an alarm clock that says 5.59. Yeah. Now, it, it doesn't say a.m. or p.m. on right. purpose. Like, it's it's throwing you off. We see a hand come out to shut off the alarm. The hand come out of a coffin. A, a coffin. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> then we see another title card that says each crew member wore a crucifix and was granted protection by the subjects of the film. We cut back <laughs> and a vampire rises out of the coffin creepily, but not smoothly. It's like Michael Jackson, like when he did that frontward lean. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, except it's like from the back, you know, like sitting. Right. Up. Yeah. Uh, this is Viago and his little Chiron. The text at the bottom says 379 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and he quickly introduces himself and basically says he's going to wake up his flatmates. I feel like this movie does exposition better than almost any other movie out there. I think so, too. Where within like the first five to ten minutes, you've met everyone and you know so much about them. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one he wakes up is Deacon, who is hanging upside down in a closet. In a he's closet. the only one. Yeah, he, <laughs> does, he doesn't have a coffin. He's just, but it's literally a coat closet, which yeah. is my yeah. favorite. And he's the only one without a room. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's because he's the new guy. He's he, the new guy. Yeah, so he doesn't get a room, apparently. <laughs> but you don't really need a room if you're sleeping upside down. I mean, here's what boggles my mind because this house is intentionally labyrinthian and confusing. Yeah. And there's clearly dozens of rooms in this house and yeah. he yeah. still doesn't have one <laughs> and it's not like you need a lot of privacy if you're sleeping in a coffin yeah so like they could double up if they really needed to he definitely has a room because he has so many clothes that's true where is he keeping all those clothes <laughs> maybe he, he just uh, doesn't have a coffin and he so doesn't he, have sleeps, a in he sleeps in the closet yeah i mean he's I only know. been a vampire 183 years or whatever guys it's hard uh, to get your hands on a quality coffin in that amount of time it's 187 i believe i oh, i actually i wrote them all down can i just say i love that he's the young bad boy and then when nick comes on the scene he's the only one who hates nick <laughs> yes. i thought that was so funny what i found really funny is Viago Taika Waititi asks him like how was your night the other night and he just answers I transformed into a dog and had sex we get (laughs) no other information we don't know if it was with another dog we don't know if he transformed back we don't know if those are two separate instances or the same but I think we know Paige yeah I I think we know the answer there yeah I assumed that they were one and the same yeah (laughs) Viago then tells him that there's a flat meeting in 15 minutes Sounds like he had a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> so he moves on then to Vladislav's room and opens the door and it is a full-blown orgy. I love this shot though because it's shot like he opened the ceiling. Yes, it's like an overhead shot of an orgy. Uh, yeah, It was like interview with a vampire scene. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. The absolute best part of this is so they open it overhead. It's a crazy orgy. The door closes and then- immediately reopens and the orgy is gone it's just a normal room and it's Vladislav like yes and he's like flat meeting in about 10 minutes and he just says 
20. 20. And then closes the door. <laughs> I mean, he's got to finish up. I get it. I love Jermaine. And like he's my favorite character in the movie. And I think it's just because I love him so much. I love throughout the entire movie, we're supposed to believe that he's 16 years old. Yes. He doesn't talk about that for like another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I had forgotten about that. And, re- and rewatching it, I was like, 16? Oh, my God. I mean, because he looks his, his probable actual age, like mid-30s, 40. He looks 40, about right? 40. Yeah, that's probably how old he actually is. But I love when people in movies like this, especially that you can be like campy and silly. They're just like, yeah, I'm 16 or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I do love that. I loved when Workaholics did that, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. But so they were jumping 10 years in the past. So they jumped back to 2006 and it was like popped collar. And it was when I was in college. So I just had this like, oh, I do remember that. (laughs) So next he goes to feed Peter and Peter is basically Nosferatu. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And Vlad is basically (laughs) Vlad the Impaler too. Like they are very much the same characters. Yeah. Well, and we'll get we'll get into <laughs> why the comparison and like one or two scenes later. I love it. But so uh, in Peter's room, there's bloody bones all over the floor. There's like a spinal collar. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he brings him a chicken. Like he just brings yeah, him a yeah. chicken in a bag. In a bag. My favorite is is I could bring you a broom down here <laughs> if you if you want to clean up some of these bones. Dude, this actually scared me. When Peter like did that, like sort of like yeah. jump scares him, I was like, "Oh!" I mean, I, I wouldn't say scared; it startled me. It's yeah. a jump scare. I'll yeah. say it's a jump scare. But, it, but I wasn't like I didn't drop my phone on my neck like I did in The Conjuring. I was like startled by it. Right. The next thing we cut to is them at the meeting, and they're like, "Is Peter coming?" And he just says, "He's eight thousand years old. He's not coming to this house meeting." He does not care. And he did tell him he was like, he was like, "You don't have to come, but we're having a house meeting." I know. Meeting. It's like we want to politely invite you. Right. Right. But they proceed to have a house meeting about how Deacon is not pulling his weight with his chores. And they started out by saying, you're a cool dude, but, and that seems to be the only thing he hears is just like, yes, I'm cool. Got it. I have friends like that. that You'll be like, hey, man, I think you're really funny, but I really need help sort of organizing and running this show. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm funny, too. I am funny. How dare you? Mikey, I am just joking. I love you. Wow. I was going to make the joke that this this scene really does come off of like three college guys like living together. It does, yeah. Yes. You haven't done the dishes in three days. Well, I mean, for their case, it's five years, but... Five years. And they have the little cardboard chore wheel. Oh, yeah. But when you're immortal, time doesn't matter, really, right? Right. That's why Peter's not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. (laughs) Right. This is where we find out that Deacon is the young bad boy of the group, and they cut to, like, shots of him humping a window display. And we, this is where we find out that he's 183 years yeah. old. And this is also where we hear his, his story of how he turned into a vampire, where he was selling wares and saw a creepy castle. My favorite thing about this is all of the pre-vampire pictures of Deacon have a unibrow. I don't know if you guys noticed <laughs> I that. I didn't notice that, but that I is hilarious. Yeah, that. Where he just looks like a goofy dude. So he tells this whole story of like this horrible creature with wings pounced on me and fed me this nasty blood and it was Peter. And now we're still friends today. <laughs> and I love how, okay, so this happens twice. Once with Deacon and once yes. with Nick where they're both talking to Peter 
and he's just like yes. not ma- he's like emotionless. And, and <laughs> yes. this is my favorite one because Deacon's like, and now we're best friends, and Peter just is a cold blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it would be like someone you barely know introducing you to one of their friends as your best friend and you're like oh is that what we are is that what you thought i think my favorite thing is that like they all reference conversations and situations with peter, peter yes. and and we just don't have any frame for like how that could physically happen with peter cuz he just seems so ancient and what i kind of felt like watching this again is that the camera's just not capturing it like <laughs> peter's actually a pretty normal dude he's like a super charismatic dude with fucked up teeth yeah. and like, yeah. <laughs> we just never we just never hear about it because we do see pictures later of like him coming to new zealand with deacon yeah. and he looks exactly the yeah. same <laughs> but his like you know in motion and he can move pretty fast as yeah. we find out later but yeah just his no lines and just blank stare it. is the uh, best i know because the whole story that when he's telling me he's like yeah and then peter told me all the rules of the vampire and he's really emotionally supportive <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's so funny oh yeah so what we learned throughout the course of this movie is that peter is just super camera shy yeah. yes we do learn at this point as well that Vlad has done chores by taking out the recycling and dragging a body down the hallway, which kind of swept the hallway. I think what you mean, Paige, is dusting. Yeah, he, he dusted. Yeah. He dusts. This is also where we get his story, where he was a medieval vampire. Uh, we have a shot of him shooting Viago in the leg with an arrow. <laughs> I, mean, I think it was an accident, right? Because Viago is holding a dartboard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's like shooting down yes. the hallway with, with a bow and arrow, and it just misses the dartboard that hits him right in the leg <laughs> it's so funny yes viago at this point says he's he's kind of a perv yes. and then we cut to a shot of him saying in reference to the chores not being done we should get slaves yeah <laughs> well he's very old-fashioned is what he's they very say yeah. why don't we get slaves <laughs> Which is offensive. Yes. Oh, wildly. And you see Viago recoils, yeah. as it yeah. said. So, like. I do love that right now he brings up getting slaves. When someone else uses a derogatory term for a homosexual man, he is then offended by he, that. He gets really yeah. upset. So, yes. I thought that, that was yeah. an interesting dichotomy for Vlad to have. I, I did. When that happens later in the movie, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that that ha- I forgot about that. But then every character in the movie immediately was like, hey, yeah. not cool. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Um, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah, I love that. But this is where we find out that Vlad is 862 yes. years old. He shows us his torture chamber and just says that he tortured when he was in a really bad place. <laughs> <laughs> and that they called him Vlad the Polka. Yeah, yeah Vladislav yeah. the Polka. Because I would poke people instead of Vlad the Impaler. Right, because I guess they were afraid of being sued by the Impaler family. Like, I don't know why you would change that. I, Although yeah. I do like that they change it because when Stu is showing them Facebook later, he's like, well, we could just like like a picture or we could poke her. And he goes, oh, poker. I love, yes. I love that so much. <laughs> there are so many like really quick jokes in here that I thought were amazing. Just so yeah. funny. Yes. Every time I watch it, I catch something new. Yes. We then get to hear a little bit of Viago's story. He was a dandy. Yes. So uh, these are all supposed to represent kind of vampire yeah, archetypes. So we've got Vlad the Impaler, and then we've got... Nosferatu is Peter, right? Nosferatu is Peter. Uh, Viago is Interview of the Vampire. 
So like Tom Cruise, an interview with the vampire? Like Tom Cruise. Okay, I haven't seen that movie, so. I mean, he's not like him as a person. He's just in that kind of like Elizabethan dress. Style. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Well, who's Deacon? He is the one that, that takes a lot of stuff from Lost Boys. Yeah. Oh, but like, yeah, but yeah. he's he's too far off age-wise. I wasn't fully sure who he was supposed to be. As far as like picking a specific vampire stereotype, he seemed more interview with the vampire type as well. Yeah, but and there's a difference in age. What he could be is is like Brad Pitt from Interview with the Vampire and Viago's Tom Cruise. So this is where we hear about his red couch, where he's like, "Can you please?" put down newspaper or towels before you eat someone <laughs> on the couch. And they're like, the red couch? And he's like, well, it's red now. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and then he and Deacon get into a flying and hissing vampire fight. Yes, over the dishes. Yes, which leads us into the theme song for the movie, which is the same theme song for the TV show. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. You're yes. dead, you're dead, you're dead. And out of this world, yeah. yes. It's so good. It's so catchy. Yeah. It never gets old. Oh, but right before that, we see Deacon finally doing the dishes. That's actually in like two seconds oh, cut it? in. It's cut in through the theme oh, song. Oh, that's we also right. See, You're right. You're right. Yeah, because we also see Viago vacuuming the ceiling. That's right. <laughs> and brushing Peter's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also see old pictures of them as vampires. There's a few different sections of this movie where it's literally a montage of old pictures of them as vampires. Yes. And every single one of them has insane things in those photos. Oh, yeah? <laughs> where I took some notes on, there's one later in the movie that has really hilarious ones, <laughs> but every single one of those montages is great. Um, once we come back from the theme song, that's when we find out that Vladislav is 16. Well, he's he's not 16, because he's like 800 right. and some years old, but he's in the body of a 16-year-old, because that's when he got turned. I have never right. caught that joke until just now. Oh, wait, yeah. Really? Yeah, I didn't catch it. Holy shit, it's so good. Yeah, I became a vampire when I was 16, which is why I always look 16. In those <laughs> days, life was tough for a 16-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we see Viago making pottery, which will come in a little bit later. Uh, and Deacon reveals that he was a Nazi vampire. Yeah. Now, that sounds like it comes out of nowhere, except that there were... I knew you would have some Nazi fun facts for us, Faith. I, I have Nazi fun facts. I love you so much. The Nazis had a serious investment in occult and cryptid mythologies. Uh -huh. They had a whole squad in the SS that was occult related. Yeah. Yeah. They were actively trying to find things like vampires and werewolves. Now it's typically werewolves in part because Germany is a kind of a forested country. So they have wolves around. They have the black forest there. Exactly. And that has spawned like classic grindhouse horrors like werewolves of the SS, Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. They also mention it in Indiana Jones. They do. And <laughs> vampires in the SS figured as a full subplot on True Blood for a while. Oh, really? It's, yes. <laughs> so the idea of Nazis and cryptids is something that's been depicted in film and print media for a long time. There's not a real life equivalent. I don't think they ever found those cryptids, but a lot of those stories function on the assumption of like, what if they did? Yeah. But for Deacon, he then says, Says, hey, the Nazis lost. I don't know if you guys know, but they lost. <laughs> yeah, he was like, it's hard being a Nazi, but then being a vampire, but then being a Nazi vampire. So Peter and I went to New Zealand, <laughs> and that's where we get the photos of them traveling. Um, this is actually the second montage of pictures. This is the one I have some notes on. One of the pictures 
is just a picture of an actual bat. But it says Deacon 1978, yeah. <laughs> which is great. But I love, and we see them changing the bats. They have like a bat fight later on. Like I loved this in the movie. I thought that was a cool element. That's something that's way bigger on the TV show oh, that it? they do hilariously on the show. And it like, it's only barely here, but yeah, there's also a picture of Peter just in a bunch of balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really great. Um, we then go to Viago where we get an interview about what brought him to New Zealand. Yeah. He followed a girl. Aww. His familiar put the wrong postage on and it took 18 months to get there. By the time he got there, she had found someone else and gotten married. Todd, do you know what that's like? You mean to follow someone across a very large distance <laughs> only to then be... Uh, I mean, I would say in Viago's oh. situation, he wasn't cheated oh. on. Right, uh, right. But yes, right. I think I do know what that's like. But unlike Viago, I left. I went home immediately. <laughs> I want to say that that's the best pre-prepared Todd takedown that I've heard <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Only took her two episodes, Mikey. You've yeah. been on almost 100. I am here for it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. So he reveals that she gave him a locket with her photo in it, and then he's put his photo in it. But it's oh, God, I love so he this. can't wear it. Oh. And he tries, but his like chest starts smoking. smoking yeah. and, and I love that you can tell he's done this more than once. It's not performative for yeah. the camera. Like he's done this because he's deeply in love with Catherine. Yes. He's definitely the heart of the group. Oh, hell yeah. He is honestly a super decent dude. But also, who, yeah. whose skin doesn't burn when you wear pictures of your ex? Never do that, guys. I've never tried that. I'm not gonna. Yeah, me either. Not gonna. It burns. I'm just gonna let her stalk me on social media like I know she does. <laughs> That's what it means when they show up in your current girlfriend's suggested friends, right? It means they're stalking her. Well, yeah, but because she can't see my shit. So this next scene, they're about to go out on the town into Wellington. They're trying to get ready, but they reveal that because they don't have any reflection, they never know what they look like. So they just try to give each other feedback and then they're drawing the outfits. <laughs> It's so funny. That was a joke that I did not catch until this oh, time yeah? that they were act they were like trying to play Pictionary with each other's outfits. Yeah. Some of their clothes are from their victims, which is why they're covered in blood, which is pretty hilarious. I love Viago explaining that. He's like, well, sometimes you're just like biting somebody and like, ooh, those are nice trousers. Yeah, those are nice pants. And then we have Deacon telling us that when you're a vampire, you become very, very sexy. And then he does that gesture to himself, which I I found way overconfident, but I'm here for it. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Then Vladislav says that his look that he tends to go for is dead but delicious. <laughs> well, he's 16. He can pull it off, yeah. Paige. Yeah, he can pull it off. Uh, and at this point, we jump into a fashion show. And it's blink if you miss it, but there are some hilarious things in this fashion show. When Viego comes out with the camo pants and they all get angry, it's so funny. I also thought it was funny that he couldn't see them, but they're camo pants. Like, I feel right. like that's a joke within a joke. <laughs> right? Yes. And that is impressive to me. If you look closely, you can also see Deacon wearing a ram's head as a cod piece. <laughs> yes. And a full ski jumpsuit, which is great, <laughs> with moon boots. Oh. And then we cut to them taking the bus. I know. They can fly. And it, I mean, I realize you may not want to fly as a person, but they can fly as a bat. Like, I thought that was ridiculous. There is a scene in the TV show where literally that exactly what you've described as happening, where they're on the bus and it's taking forever. And they're just like, 
we can fly and <laughs> get off the bus and just fly the rest of the way as bats. It's pretty great. I would never drive anywhere if I could fly. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how fast bats can fly. I don't know how fast they can fly, but. In the show, it's Matt Berry's preferred form, mode of transportation, but every time he turns, he just says, bat. And then when he. <laughs> God, I love Matthew Berry so much. When he comes back, he just says, human form. And it's the best <laughs> running joke on the show. It makes me laugh every single time. It oh, happens. my God. I love Matt Berry so much. So they get off the bus. They're walking down the street. Yeah, they're like in Wellington, right? Yeah, they're in Wellington. They're talking about how cool it is to be vampires. And then a street kid yells, homos at the yeah and i had to rewind it because at first i thought the kid said like vampires where i was like oh they're not blending in at all no the kid just goes homos and then like looks away i did like this this whole conversation they have because they're like talking about how actually it is very difficult to get into a club or a bar because they have to be invited in and it's like this montage of them talking to bouncers like please invite me into your club and they're like i mean you can i mean what i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah. Yeah, like get out of here like, I don't know what you're talking about. You could come in whenever you want. Yes, but I need you to invite us in. Just go in. <laughs> I need you to implicitly invite me in. So this is also where they pass a couple other vampires while they're out. And they say that there's about 60 to 70 other vampires in their city. Yeah, in Wellington, yeah. They pass two young girl vampires. Oh, man. Which is, again, a callback to interview the right. vampire. because that. Yeah, because it's Drew Barrymore? No, it's um, it's Kristen Dunst as a baby vampire. Um, but so <laughs> they pass little girls and they're talking to them and they say we're meeting a pedophile and they just say cool yeah they're like cool cool yeah 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 he's like like, uh so you're gonna kill some pedophiles that's great yeah well and they do you see it later in the movie yeah you do um they go into a vampire bar where they meet up with jackie deacon's familiar The vampire bar is like super lame and like no one it is yeah it's basically empty (laughs) well i mean there are only 60 to 80 vampires in all of wellington i mean it's gonna be empty and sort of boring i'd imagine i got the impression that it was a regular bar that would let vampires in like it's vampire owned but anyone could go just no one wanted to be I know, there. because when they go, yeah. the people get murdered. <laughs> murdered, yes. So this is where they we meet Jackie the Familiar. They're asking her to bring virgins. Um, and <laughs> To a house party. Yeah, to a, ha- a dinner like, party. I love this scene because he's like, I need you to bring people to a house party. And she's like, oh, okay, any like age range? And she's like, I don't know, um, 18 to 30 or whatever. No kids, no kids. Oh, and uh, younger than you, younger than you. Yeah, like, I love that. <laughs> whatever is younger than you, yes. So 30, so under 30. <laughs> under 30. Virgins, can you get virgins? Yeah, virgins, okay, yeah. Uh, we then cut to some of the shots of her performing her familiar duties where he is her master. She's basically a slave. Well, well, with the deal that he will turn her into a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. On on the TV show, you follow the familiar. That's like your audience analog. Oh, yeah. In, uh. in the show. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, but so there's one shot of her at the laundromat trying to explain away <laughs> a like a shirt drenched in yeah. blood. She's like, he's a hemophiliac. Yeah. He bleeds he, a lot. He bleeds. he bleeds a lot. He bleeds a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's like it's a legit puffy blouse. Yes. She's talking about how her yeah. husband bleeds a lot. I thought that was very funny. And she like gives a thumbs up to the camera like, or maybe it was a wink or something. Yeah. 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 Well, and there is later she brings up the blouses again because she's having to <laughs> iron yeah. them and i have her yeah. quote from that port so when we get to awesome. it it's, oh, it's God, pretty great so funny. she's been working for them for four and a half years 
And so she tries to kind of pester Deacon about, like, when can I be a vampire? I feel like the, I'm the best version of myself. I don't want to get any older. Right. And he just says, be gone. <laughs> and she goes, okay. <laughs> this is where we cut to the little girls draining that pedophile. Yeah, it's very quick, but they, like, <laughs> yeah. jump him and kill him right then. Yeah. And this is where we cut to Viago with a woman that he's brought home. And I want to point out that Viago in this scene is abiding by the rules he's asking everyone there to abide by <laughs> by putting yes. down newspaper, newspaper around her. Yes, I like, and towels. And I love that she thinks she's there on a date or whatever and he's being like super sweet. It doesn't give her a red flag at <laughs> all that he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> like laying down uh. newspaper around her. Yeah, I mean he's setting up the room like a low-rent Dexter and she's not at all worried yeah. about it. I love it. this interview because he's like, I don't like hurting people, but if it's got to be their last night, I want them to have a really great time. Yeah, he said he says, exactly. I like to make a real evening of it. It's their last moment alive. It should be nice. <laughs> and I love when, so he like gets up and gets behind her, and like moves her hair and then like bites her and kills her. The best thing is, so she's talking about how she wants to like travel. She's talking about her life and whatever. And he just goes, Okay, excuse me. Yeah. And then, and then pulls her hair back. And here's the thing as a woman with long hair, if someone I have just met is touching my hair, we have a problem. Oh, yeah. It's like an immediate, like, duh. And she is not faced by it at all. <laughs> She's just like, okay. Uh, and he bites her, and it's the bloodiest thing <laughs> it's in this all movie. all over the place, man. It it's is gross. everywhere. Yeah. I love it. He says, I hit the main artery. It's a real mess in there. But I think she had a really good time. <laughs> yeah, I think she had a really good time. The best part of that is he then tries to tuck his shirt back in and hits the lav mic on purpose. Oh, yeah? Where he's, yeah, where, and you can kind of hear it like, oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. the like muffling sound as he's trying to tuck his shirt back in. And it's very, 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 very well done. Um, we then see Vlad try to hypnotize a woman from outside her house. He's not great at this. <laughs> but this is also where we learn from Viago and Deacon that. He used to be able to hypnotize whole crowds, huge orgies, and turn into all kinds of animals, yeah. but now he never gets the faces right, which is going to come back. Yeah, this is my favorite joke in the movie. Well, he suffered a humiliating defeat from, from the, the beast. beast. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about the beast is the first drawing that they show whenever he says the beast is like a weird cryptid that has a dick and balls on its chest <laughs> like in the middle of its I chest. I did not notice that page. <laughs> it's it's real funny I, looking. I, I thought it looked like Dig Dug. It, it does kind of look like Dig Dug but it's got a full dick and balls in the middle of its chest. All right. And like flappy not erect. Like <laughs> so funny. But his his hypnotizing like MO is just to shout like see me. <laughs> and I love that he's doing that later to the guy who's watching TV. Or I think he's reading a newspaper actually. So he, the guy doesn't see him, so he just like hits the window and then says, See yeah. me. And then the guy like <laughs> walks over to him. Do you want to come I in? Help yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> This next scene is that dinner party or the start of the dinner party where we are introduced to <laughs> Nick, Jackie's ex, and Josephine, who was one of her friends from school. No, no, no. Not friend. Girl who bullied her in school. She yeah. introduces her as a friend from school. And then we cut to the scene of her calling her to invite her. <laughs> and basically, no, you started that rumor. You, no, you did. Yeah. It was you. It caught on. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, and so it's clearly her childhood bully. Yeah. This is also where we find out that neither of them are virgins. Well, no, they're both like in their late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And- they sit down to dinner. and That's like the first question Deacon asks. He's like, so, Nick, are you a virgin? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, you were when we dated. And he's like, I was 12. Um, but this is where Deacon basically says, I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. And then Vladislav says, I think if you were eating a sandwich, you would enjoy it more if you knew no one else had fucked that sandwich. Which is true. I had a breakfast sandwich this morning and I was, uh, you know, ha- happy to know no one had fucked it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, I agree. So Viago comes in and literally dumps cold canned spaghetti. I think you mean <laughs> baschetti. Baschetti. I love the baschetti joke because it comes back later with stew. It does come back later with <laughs> so stew. So funny. They pour the baschetti on their plates and then Deacon makes them think it's worms a la Lost Boys. That's right. why I was kind of thinking Lost Boys for him just because yeah. he seems obsessed with it. Well, And then he turns Nick's dick into a cobra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Nick tries to escape because he's like, it's turning my noodles into worms. It's turning my cock into a snake. I'm out of here. <laughs> so we follow Nick as he tries to escape throughout the house and yeah. he runs to the window and sees that Jackie is quickly leaving she's like bye nerd bye. we open a door and we see viago eating josephine and he's hit the artery again because yeah. he's just like like power washing his mouth with blood <laughs> and then he opens another door and we hear what sounds like a cat screaming but it's vladislav as a cat with his own face yeah. <laughs> oh my god then we have what i think is one of the coolest effects in this movie and i I think it might be half practical effect, half camera, where or, or like half post, but I think it's mostly practical where a hand comes from. Oh, yeah. Out of the backpack? It's Deacon climbing from out of that backpack. And up until he throws the backpack, I'm pretty sure Deacon's just underneath yeah. climbing out of that backpack. But then he chucks the backpack across the room and we see that there's nothing behind it and Deacon's still climbing out of the backpack. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really, really cool. cool. It's yeah. a really cool shot. We then basically follow him as he runs through this house, which is a literal maze, but he does make it out into the yard and he, we're kind of following through the yard and then we hear something running and... Yeah, Peter tackles him. Spears yeah. tackle him, Goldberg style. Yeah. Yes. And then it cuts to Jackie the next morning, like pressure washing the... Yeah, hosing off his blood. The sidewalk, yeah. My, I mean, my favorite is everyone just like, oh, Peter, God, who let Peter out? Yeah. Just like, oh. Again, oh. damn it. And that sort of startled me too. All of this quote unquote scary moments are all Peter in this. Yes. It yes. is very odd that like, I mean, it makes it funnier, but all of the violence is like, ultra violence like there's so much blood yes in this movie. oh yeah yes. there, this movie has tarantino levels of blood <laughs> yes if not more it's wild. which I'm, I'm pretty sure because i think this is rated r yeah and and i think that's why <laughs> because i can't see any other reason why it would be r and I, i'm pretty sure that's it it's just the literal amount of blood yeah well i mean they do like tears I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of gory when they do eat people which is yeah 
why this is a horror movie. When he tears over those arteries and there's like spurting blood, you see everything. Yeah. And I was like, I, and this time I was really noticing. I was like, oh, this is really graphic. It was an interesting choice. I think it makes it funnier. I think it's I think awesome. it makes it funnier too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Because it juxtaposes that like, oh, oh God, that kind of like surprise scare <laughs> yeah. feeling with the situation being so funny, right. which just elevates it. So I, I love it. There's one moment later on that I'll talk about where I feel exactly that way. Like it's sort of scary, but it's also very funny. And I think it's just that yes. it's a really interesting, fun mix. We then have a title card that says two months later. Yes. And this is where we cut to Deacon doing what he thinks is a sexy dance in a mesh tank top. Oh, you didn't think it was a sexy <laughs> dance page? I was not no. aroused. Oh, no. Interesting. I'm glad you didn't go to prom with me. Uh, but this is where viago and vlad were watching and there's a knock at the window yes and it's nick yeah he's a vampire now i do like that he went to urgent care first yes well because he wakes up with a bite wound in his neck and he doesn't know he's turned into a vampire so he goes to the doctor we see all of this during like his here's how i got turned montage right which i thought was Uh, awesome it's great. We see him start to disappear in the mirror. Yeah. Like he's like hot, cold. He's clearly visibly dying. Um, he then at one point says, it's all bloody eyes flying and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pretty It's great. like a hangover, but 10 times worse. You know, your eyes bleed and you start flying <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I mean, I've never had a hangover, but I'm glad I haven't. If that's the, if those are the side effects. Uh, they do this once on the TV show as well, oh, where yeah? they follow someone through the change, and it is equally as funny. <laughs> it's it's something they do super well within just the mythology of this world. And I love the introduction of Nick because the youngest person is like almost 200 years old, and they're very yes. out of date. And Nick serves as the person who's like going to get them into the 20th century on some level. And I yes. love that. And the montages of him like... Uh, he's talking to like Peter, I think about it. And he's like, listen, I know I'm the new guy and maybe they don't respect me, but I feel like they're starting to, I just feel like there's a lot I can learn from them. And there's a lot I can teach them. And then it cuts to him at a gramophone doing like a scratch. Thing. Yeah, scratching yes. the gramophone. Oh, I thought that shit was so funny, man. It was so uh, good. This is also where they play mirror Pac-Man. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> there were a lot of really cool. What looked like practical mirror effects in this. Like there's yeah. one here with the mirror Pac-Man, but also at the masquerade where they're dancing and then it turns the camera to show and it, only the two humans are dancing. Well, it's <laughs> so Stu good. and one of the zombies. Yes. Well, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Because zombies would have uh, a reflection. Reflections. Still. But yeah. here's the thing. There were multiple zombies at that party and we only see that one in the mirror. That's true. Which was I thought like was a little strange. Zombies. Yeah. So this is also where we meet Stu. And Stu is Nick's best friend. He used to date Stu's sister, but they broke up, but they stayed friends. Stu doesn't know that they're vampires. (laughs) He just thinks that they're a colorful group of friends. But they take Stu everywhere with them. So they take him out on the town with them. And this is kind of how he gets, they get into Boogie Wonderland with Nick because Nick gets them in. Yeah. The Stu stuff is my favorite part of this movie because they don't, no one really likes Nick, but everyone loves, loves yeah. Stu. They're his favorite. You're going to love the fun facts. There's some really funny <laughs> stuff about Stu. I can't wait. They get into a non-vampire bar, Boogie Wonderland, yeah. and they just stick out like a sore thumb. Well, because they're dressed like it's fucking 1625 in this <laughs> yeah. club. And I'll say Nick is wearing a jacket that I need. That that jacket oh, Nick yeah. is wearing is awesome. I thought of you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I love eccentric like, jackets, Mikey. I was like, Deacon and Nick dressed just like Todd. 
<laughs> you gotta layer up, baby. <laughs> Vlad is like hypnotizing women and drawing them to yeah. him. But then it cuts to Viago and Deacon and Nick just literally just screaming <laughs> in the middle of the bar. And it's they're just like, ah! <laughs> like not even enjoying the music, just screaming. They're just having so much fun. Yeah. So it's much It's much fun. better than the vampire bar. Yes. Yeah. They leave and on their way home, they can smell werewolves. So this is the first time we meet the werewolves with Rise Darby as the alpha. Rise Darby. Darby. is one of my favorite people from this whole he's, like world. I love him so much. He's hysterical in this movie. He's so good. He this is also the part where they're like smell your own crotches and he's like we don't smell our own crotches, we smell each other's crotches yeah. and it's a form of greeting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I think okay, so I think one of my biggest laughs in this movie is when they're like it's sort of like the Capulet Montague bite my thumb at you scene where they're like circling yes. each other and like whatever, but one of the vampires fakes throws a stick and one of the werewolves right. starts running after it. He starts coming back. I love that. I, that's so funny to me. This is where we do get that that Gaisler, the Count Blankula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but everyone calls him on it immediately, and they're like, hey, hey. Both sides. Both sides. That's not cool. Werewolves, not werewolves. And then this is where Viago <laughs> takes his glove off and slaps somebody across the face <laughs> as if he's challenging them to a duel. I know. It's amazing. And it, like hypes the werewolf out and then rise darby basically like grapples with him and is like do the breathing count to 10 human again count to 10 human again oh man and they they manage to get back to the house nobody turns everything everybody's fine i don't think rise darby's isn't enough stuff i think he's so funny my favorite scene of him is the one later in the movie and we'll get to it but it's the most practical werewolf scene I've ever seen. Yes. Where it's, it really examines the needs that werewolves would have day to day. And yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is where we find out that Nick doesn't want to come out to Stu as a vampire. <laughs> I like that you use the term come out because of the way it ends up happening. I mean, that really is what it is. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to come Absolutely. out to him as a vampire. And he does say, I'd never eat him because he's my mate. They all really like Stu better than, they like him better than they like Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stu is like teaching them how to do karate and learning computers. Okay, yes. so one of my favorite small, like really quick jokes is in here when Stu is teaching Viago how to fight and he does the uh, Mortal Kombat like jump kick thing. <laughs> yes, And then yes, the yes. next one, right after that, Stu goes, all right, I need you to block like this when I come in for a high punch and then he does it and then Viago blocks it and goes hi (laughs) I don't know why I found that so funny I rewound it three times to watch it it was so funny I don't know Uh, Taika Waititi I think is just incredibly funny one of my favorite jokes in this movie is in the very next scene where he's teaching them how to text with phones oh yeah and <laughs> deacon gets a text that there's a crucifix right behind you and then it pulls back and we realize that viago sent it <laughs> as a joke yeah and then this is where we get that you could look at her photos or you could poke her and he just goes yeah yeah poker <laughs> yeah poker they watch videos of sunrise and then they try to look up pictures of virgins and they're <laughs> oh, like oh yeah Oh I don't I don't think she's a virgin with what she's doing there. <laughs> we get Deacon scratching at the computer like a cat, which is pretty great. <laughs> well, because they're trying to grab the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah trying to catch it. Then we, we get to see Viago have a video call with his old servant, Philip, who 
put the wrong postage on and they've clearly haven't talked in you know 40 conservatively 50 70 years who knows yeah he realizes that he had promised to make his servant a vampire and now his servant is 90 and he's like make me a vampire please and she goes nice talking to you (laughs) (laughs) okay so as viago is hanging up on his servant his servant is literally like i've been waiting my entire life i have done nothing with my life (laughs) like he's like shouting all these things uh and then viago's like oh thank you bye (laughs) Bye. and then Stu goes over and helps him hang up because he doesn't know how to do it (laughs) yes yeah i love Stu. he's so good this is also the first time we see viago basically look through the windows at Catherine at the retirement village. Yes. I thought at first that that was him going to see his old familiar because he had just uh, talked to his old familiar, but he's not. And you just see like an old figure in a window. I had no idea. Right. But he's not going to see his old familiar. He's going to see the love of his life. Right. We see them go out again and we see that Nick is telling literally everyone he meets or passes on the street that he is a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love in the bar when they're like confronting him about hey, you can't tell, or who have you told that you're a vampire? And he's like, oh, just that really hot girl and her friend. And then this guy, and they're like, well, who's that guy? He's like, I don't know, but I trust him. (laughs) One of the guys that he tells is like, really? Well, I'm a vampire hunter. And he was like, ha ha, see you later. And we do see him later. I also like one of the ways he tells the girls that he's a vampire. He's like, it's like Twilight. I'm like the main guy from Twilight. I'm the main guy from Twilight, yeah. Yeah. I'm the main guy, yeah. Uh, Then they get to like a little liquor store and uh, the guy behind the counter is like, sure, show me your vampire stuff. Yeah, so this is that moment I was talking about before because it's it to me it's like super scary, sudden imagery that sort of can get you sometimes and it did yes. startle me but it's also very funny because it is very yes. much like a pissing contest between the owner of this like convenience store and uh, Nick but Nick is actually a vampire and the guy in the convenience store thinks he's just some kook, right? So, fun fact, this is actually a bit of a callback. Oh, is it? The opening scene of True Blood is a liquor store where the guy behind the counter pretends to be a vampire, and then a guy buying True Blood reveals that he's a real vampire and basically says, if you ever pretend to be one of us again, I'll kill you. But in this one, he says, don't pretend that you can do stuff that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> he just runs runs away, <laughs> which is pretty great. Now, we also have a shot of him literally walking down the street being like, I'm a vampire. Like yelling but it, then, yeah. Yes, and immediately after, he and Deacon get into a bat fight. Well, because Deacon, who used to be the new cool kid, is no longer the new cool kid. Yes. And I'll admit that Nick is doing some dickish stuff, but he is grappling with the fact that he is now undead, right? So he's going through some shit. Anyway, but yeah, so Deacon and Nick hate each other, and I thought that that was a great, cool dynamic. Well, yeah, because Deacon's like, you're wearing a jacket that looks too much like my jacket. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) He literally says that in the club to uh, Viago. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite favorite is when they're flying his bats deacon turns back into a human catches the other bat in the (laughs) air and then just spikes it against a wall and it turns back into nick and his his jacket is then ripped his jacket's ripped and those effects were really good like they were great (laughs) there's very very little cg in this movie but the few places where they used it they used it really well and they used it Mm -hmm. sparingly yeah and i think it works out great and i think because of that it'll hold up throughout like forever yeah yeah deacon runs off 
into the night. <laughs> well, he doesn't run off. He takes like 18 steps and then turns into a bat and flies away. Right, right. Because we see him later. Well, we'll get to that. I, we'll I love when yeah. he, we see the other side of when he lands. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they take Stu out for late night food because Stu still has to eat because he's still human. <laughs> Holy shit. I loved this part. They try the worms thing again on French fries. Nick tries it. And Vlad's like, it's got to look like worms. Yeah, that doesn't work. The first thing they just say is like, it doesn't work on chips. As if it doesn't work on French fries. <laughs> just and That's the only food it doesn't work on. Um, but no, they were like, it, ha- it has to look like worms. And then Nick makes the mistake of eating a French fry. And I think it's Viago. One of them goes, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And then yes. he's like, why not? And it cuts to him throwing up like he's on Team America. <laughs> it is so brutal, yes. man. It is. Uh, yes. Except it's blood. It's not, so it's not like regular throw up. It's just straight up blood. It's just straight up blood. Uh, and he then gets really upset. He's like, can't eat chips. My favorite food. I'm over being a vampire. It's shit. Don't believe the hype. I can't eat. I can't watch daytime TV. Well, I guess I can do that. But I mean, there's other things I can't do. (laughs) After he stomps off, we cut to Deacon as a bat who hits a power line. (laughs) I love this so much. Turns back into a human and then falls onto a car, (laughs) which sets off the car alarm. And then he shows up at Jackie's house. Like, just at her house-ass house. And this is where we realize that Jackie is married with two kids. (laughs) Yeah. She keeps saying, don't look at the man. Don't look at the man, kids. Go to bed. Don't look at the man. (laughs) And this is where he informs her that Nick is a vampire, and so he jumped her in line, and he's basically blaming her for it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, he is blaming her for it, because that's what patriarchal institutions like vampires do, apparently. That's what she says. There you go, because... I know, and I love love Jackie in this movie, because she calls it, and she's she's like, this circle jerk of penis-biting vampires, (laughs) or whatever she says. What she actually Um, says, and it's as she's ironing their shirts. Their blouses, Paige. Their blouses. She says, the homoerotic (laughs) dick-biting club, and I'm stuck here ironing their fucking frills. (laughs) Because she's ironing, like, the collar. It's so great. Oh, my God. She's so funny, man. We see Viago go back to Catherine's window, and he talks about why he didn't intervene when he found out she was married. Because he says that he saw how happy she was, and that made him happy. And then he goes and jerks off in his coffin okay. and we can tell because the coffin lid bounces up and down <laughs> I, I thought this was insane because this whole time I'm like oh man Viaco is super sweet like he was yes. very much in love with her and he loved her enough to walk away when he saw she was happy and this is yes. all juxtaposed to like him taking the photo out of the, the silver locket and it blowing it up on like a regular sheet of paper and putting it in his coffin so he can like sleep with it and I thought that was super yeah. sweet and you see it close and then you hear him jerking <laughs> off in the coffin lid bouncing up and down I was like oh okay that's a different <laughs> ending for this than I was expecting yeah you guys uh, super sweet people can masturbate Okay. Give yourself a hand every once in a while. I'm just saying. I thought it was super sweet. I loved it. It was great. Uh, yeah. It, it didn't ruin it for me. It, for me, I had a, a moment of like, well, at least he's kind of happy. Ah. 
Like, like that sounds so terrible, but I was like, he deserves some happiness, too. And he gets some happiness, Paige. He does. Both in that moment and then later in the movie. And later in the movie. (laughs) Now, this is also, like, right after this is where Peter catches on fire. Yeah, they wake up to, like, Peter yelling in the basement. Yeah. And it's very, very sad. They're all very upset that Peter is dead. Yeah, Nosferatu died. Yeah, Nosferatu died. And from what we didn't see on the camera, but apparently they lived, Peter was a great friend. Yeah, yeah, he was a solid dude who was great at listening and giving emotional support. Yes. (laughs) I love, okay, so when he's on fire and Vlad runs down the hallway with what looks like, I don't know, a cup full of water and just tosses it down the steps. Of course, doing nothing. And then is like, I was too late. (laughs) I thought that that shit was hilarious. Now, they go down and they find the vampire hunter who essentially broke through the basement window. We get a full-on CSI deacon in this scene. I love this. Yes. Nick sees the vampire hunter and says, oh, I know that guy. He said he was a vampire hunter. I thought he was joking. And Deacon loses his mind, and they have a huge fight scene at a cool spinning room effect. Yes, this was cool. It is better than Inception, because not only is it the spinning room effect, you also have the shaky camera effect, like someone's holding a documentary-style camera while they're doing this. Yes. Which Inception, it was like nailed to a wall. Like, that shit was not moving. So I think this is better than Inception, guys. I will not go that far. (laughs) Oh, I just Um, made the fight scene. I think it was amazing. It didn't feel as disorienting as Inception. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll put it that way. And which is tough to do. It reminded me of uh, the InSync Bye 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 video. (laughs) Now, the funniest part for me about this is that Stu is there the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And at one point they turn to Stu, they're like, stay back, Stu. Yes. (laughs) They're like fighting on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is when the cops come and they like just freeze in place as Viago goes to open the door for the cops. This is my favorite. This is my favorite part of the movie is this the the police going through, going through the house. So Viago tries to hypnotize them. And tells them that they won't see anything unusual, which just means that they're still noticing things around the house, but not the most glaring thing, which makes it even funnier. So they notice things where they're like, you don't have any smoke detectors. What's that smell? We've been barbecuing inside. Rule number one, smoke detectors. Rule number two, not so many barbecues inside. (laughs) Well, they say the thing about the smoke detectors while shining a light on a vampire who's up in the corner (laughs) of the room. Yes, yes. They're like, there are no smoke detectors in here. He goes, that's a good tip. And then when they go to the basement and they see Peter and the dead guy, they're like, oh, he's just drunk. And they're like, he's not having fun. Where's his blanket? Yeah, he should be more comfortable. Yeah, he's he's not having a good time. Yeah. They and they see the- he's going to wake up and have his ankle broken. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. There's oily rags right next to this lamp. <laughs> yeah. Right below a power source. And no- this is incredibly unsafe. No. And no smoke detectors down here. And then Vlad's like, no, there is. And they're like, yes, there is. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, just have a dialogue about it. Have a dialogue about safety. But then, yes, they climb up the stairs and Deacon says, maybe we should kill them. And Vlad says, let's see what safety points they have and then we can kill them. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. 
Like, Vlad's like, you know what? They're bringing up some good points. Maybe we hear him out and then kill him. We then get to the trial of Nick. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this so much. When they bring up the first thing, the first violation is bringing a human into the home. And then everyone's like, no, but it's Stu. We love Stu. Stu's the best. Yeah, Stu's great. And then he's like, well, let me cross it out. Give me, let me, let me grab my pen. And he can't find a pen. <laughs> so Stu gives yes. him the pen. I love that so much. I thought it was so funny, man. Uh, then they have bringing a vampire hunter who killed Peter. Yes. And then Deacon doesn't like that he has the same jackets and wants him to find his own sense of style. <laughs> and so for that, they're kicking him out of the flat, but they're also going to do the procession of shame, at which point Viago is like, I asked them not to do it. And everyone's like, no, you didn't. You were saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just fully rat him out. And then it's like a low rent when Cersei Lannister was walking from that yes. temple yes. and they're just yelling shame. shame at her. You're shame. a bad vampire. Everyone is fully clothed and they're just walking around him in a circle. You're a bad vampire. <laughs> yeah, shit was you're so a bad funny. Vampire. Oh my god. Now it cuts to several months later when they're opening the invitation to the The Unholy Masquerade. Yes. Uh and we find out that it's for all undead people plus witches. So it's like zombies, vampires, banshees, yes. and witches. And some people use it as a chance to dress up like Halloween, because Viago dressed as a nun. <laughs> Viago does not know how to do a good costume because vampires, of course, hate yeah. nuns. And then later we see him dressed up as Vampire Hunter Blade. Well, here's what I thought was really interesting and pretty hilarious within the context of the movie. When he was dressed as a nun, he was dressing specifically as Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, and Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. And then Blade, and neither time, he doesn't do blackface either time. That's true. Thankfully. <laughs> that is true. But the fact that he is a different skin color means that most people don't recognize the <laughs> costumes <laughs> so like they, he just looks like a nun and it takes deacon to be like are you dressed as blade please don't yeah. go as blade please don't do that this is also yeah. where we find out that the beast the one who hurt viago and has a full dick and balls on their chest is the yes. guest of honor i loved this scene because they hand vlad the invitation and you see him like read who the guest of honor is <laughs> and then his forehead it's... like the veins go like crazy oh, his forehead, and he's too. like it's fine. And he walks out of the room and you just hear him destroying everything <laughs> as they explain that the beast is the, is the guest of yeah, honor. Yeah, is like, well, what, you, what you're hearing now is that Vlad is processing, learning that the beast, and then it finally goes into him and the beast were like boyfriend, girlfriend and broke up. Yeah. Yes. I love yes. this montage. We then get to Vlad looks terrible because he hasn't eaten. He looks like old and gray <laughs> and they're all wanting to go to the masquerade and he doesn't want to go. And he says, leave me to do my dark bidding on the Internet. <laughs> I'm so glad you bring I this up. I love this joke. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And then he follows up with, I'm bidding on a table. <laughs> <laughs> he's like on eBay or some shit. Yeah, he's on oh eBay. Oh, my God. They, they tell him that the event is at the Cathedral of Despair and that's where they're going, which turns out to just be like a gym, yeah. like, yeah. A, like an event center. It's like a VFW hall. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And this is where we meet the first zombies in this movie. Yeah. And there's one zombie that's a little more articulate than the others. And then he's telling the other zombies, less groaning, guys. Yeah. Less groaning, <laughs> which is really funny. I thought it was great because it's it sort of posits a world where zombies aren't like just mindless creatures. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that uh, was great. Then we find out that Jackie is there because Nick bit her. Yes. Yes. 
Jackie got hers. Yep. And Nick also brought stew. What we also see next is they're having a raffle. I don't know if you guys caught this. The raffle is for a- I caught the captured man (laughs) in the corner who does not seem nearly freaked out enough that he is the raffle for the live meat raffle. It's it's live meat pack. Is what they call it. Yes. (laughs) And he's just like hanging out in there. Yes. And this is where we meet the beast, Paulina. And we find out from Vladislav that she said mean things while he was impaled on a (laughs) lamppost. And that's when they broke up. This is where we get that cool mirror shot that shows Stu and at least one of the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the beast's new boyfriend, the ugly, ugly, weird, lumpy face vampire. Yeah. Yeah. He had the mumps or something when he got turned. Yeah. It's at this point that they find out about Stu. I love the zombie guy talking to Stu on the bench. He's like, do you mind if I ask, uh, are you pre-deceased? <laughs> and so but now uh, here is a very funny, almost immediate callback where the zombie, when he's initially talking to Deacon, is complaining that zombies don't move fast enough to catch their prey, yeah. which is a, a zombie in-joke because there is a zombie community debate over fast and slow yes. zombies. We had one last week in the Facebook group. Right. Yeah, Romero versus Rage Zombies. Right. And so in this case, we have Romero Zombies. So he complains that they can't move fast enough. So when Stu runs away, we see him get up really fast and then slowly shuffle. (laughs) It's such a a quick shot, but it's so funny. So now they have to try and get Stu out and they are trapped. And who shows up to save the day? Vlad. Well, the leader of the group who wants to eat Stu is the Beast. Yeah, yeah. So the Beast is like questioning Stu about why he's there and what he does. And as he's explaining. Yeah, are you a witch? Yeah. Yeah. And as he's explaining that he's an IT and he works with computer systems, she goes, He's a virgin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and, and the way that she notices that he's human is she shakes his hand and yes. he's warm. But Vlad shows up to save the day and they have a huge argument between the two of them, which ends with Stu staking her <laughs> boyfriend. Yes, her new boyfriend. But I want to point out that when when he shows up, Vlad has a mask on and he's like, I'm your ex. And she goes, Gregory? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, like five years after that. Five years after that. Yeah. I he love takes that. His, his mask off. He's like, hello, beast. And she's like, hello, asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her new boyfriend starts kicking Vlad's ass. Yes. And then Stu comes and saves the day. And then they get out of there because he stakes the guy through the heart. And then when they're outside, Vlad is like, we equally killed that man. <laughs> yeah. and, and he says, I hope it didn't make things too awkward with you, yeah. with the beast. And he says, no, I think it's opened up new possibilities. <laughs> and then they all go, all of the roommates were like, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> like you almost expect if this was a sitcom to that be like a freeze frame as they like high five midair. Yes. So oh now they they encounter the werewolves who this is my favorite werewolf scene where they're I love this. So they're much. chaining themselves to the trees yeah. and Rise Darby's like does everyone have your tracksuit pants like tearaway pants yeah. because when you're a werewolf he's like any clothes you want to keep <laughs> like fold them here 
And he gets to one guy. He's like, wear your tracksuit pants. And he's like, well, it was wash day. My wife didn't have time to wash them. And he's like, those jeans are going to be shredded. <laughs> the closer it gets to the full moon, he swears yeah. more. Yeah. And they call it. They're like, hey, werewolves, not swirls. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> it's great. It is great. He's like one of my favorite people in this movie. And he's in two scenes. He's so funny. The full moon happens. The cameraman gets attacked. The cameraman dies, right? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, one of the cameramen dies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, there's more than one. But yes, one cameraman dies. Then Stu gets attacked. And this was another great one where Nick is flying near Stu being attacked. He's like, Stu, are you all right? Are you all right, Stu? Nick and Deacon reconcile because Deacon understands that Nick is very sad about Stu being attacked and, and they believe Stu is dead. Right, being killed, right? And I, right. I love that he literally goes over there and sits next to Nick and says every possible worst thing you could say to someone who just lost their best friend. Okay, but this was a lot of yeah. effort for Deacon. I'm going to defend it. Because he's like, you know what? <laughs> you don't want to, you know, this is part of being a vampire. You see all the people you love die. This is all valid yeah. vampire stuff. And he's like, sure. Either they, yeah. follow, they die of violent deaths or even if they grow old, that's not fun to watch. They they, they slowly die. And then like, and I'm sure Stu wanted to die by yeah. having his entrails <laughs> ripped out by werewolves. Yeah. If I know anything about <laughs> Stu, this is how he wanted to go. The best part is the other <laughs> options for death that he lists out. Where he's like, perhaps they jumped into a pile of leaves and then accidentally suffocated on leaves. <laughs> or maybe they they made themselves a mask made of crackers. And then it's just like, what are you talking about? Oh, and then, then Deacon gets up. He's like, well, I'm glad I could console you in this very dark moment. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> And then and then you see Nick do the best look to camera of any look to camera ever. <laughs> it's amazing. We then find out pretty soon after because Nick texts all the roommates to tell them he has a big surprise. We find out that Stu is alive. Yeah. There's an ambulance that picks him up. They think that it's a wild dog and they're like, "Yeah, these wild dog attacks happen once a month." <laughs> oh, and they literally pull a dog in that they're yeah, going to put a down. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a random dog because you see the dog's eyes glow at one point. So maybe it is some sort of devilish creature. Who knows? But I love that part. I thought it was very funny. And then the dramatic reenactment of Stu. Oh, my gosh. Was so funny to me. My favorite is when Stu comes to the door and they say, you look like Seal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I missed that. Oh, my God. Holy shit. His face is shredded. (gasps) It's so great. But basically what we see is vampires and werewolves getting along. We find out that the werewolves found him and gave him track pants. (laughs) And we find out that Viago turned Catherine and they're together now. And then you have to watch the credits because we find out that Polina and Vlad get back together, yeah. but they fight the whole time. Yeah, it, they don't make it. Like, <laughs> they, no. There's no way they're still together. Yeah. Absolutely not. And then this is where we find out that Jackie's husband is now her familiar. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jackie's story arc is my favorite. My favorite line from the whole movie is, I still love you. I do love you, but you are my slave. <laughs> yeah. I am now your master. Yeah. I am yeah. your master. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you watch all the way through the credits, there is a final scene that's Deacon trying to hypnotize you and basically saying, like, you won't remember anything you saw in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is pretty great. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. 
Roll credits. All right, so we've seen the movie. We've talked about the movie. Final thoughts. What do you guys think, having seen it and talked about it? It's a great movie. It's super rewatchable and super accessible for anybody who likes horror or anything like that. Or comedy. Like it's, This is a movie I suggest to friends when they're like having a bad day. Like, oh, This movie's yeah. silly. It'll cheer you up. Like You sit down. It'll be fun. I enjoyed this movie top to bottom. I absolutely love this movie. I was curious as to how it would translate to TV, and I actually ended up liking the TV show even better than this really? movie. Really? I have got to watch the TV show. Mikey, you've never seen it? No. Let's do Patreon content around the show. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds it's, awesome. It takes place in the same world, and it has a lot of the same feel, um, but with different characters, and it's so great. I love it so much. Is it in New Zealand? No, it's in Staten Island. Oh. <laughs> the, the conceit of the show is that the vampires we met in this documentary in New Zealand also exist in New Zealand at the same time oh. that these people that we're watching in Staten Island exist. Awesome. So it is the same universe. Oh, good. But they exist in Staten Island. And then there's one episode where they posit the idea that every pop culture version of vampires exists in this world oh, as they did in their series. Yes. <laughs> it's that's awesome. so great. Yeah. Uh, the show is amazing. I love it so much. Well, we'll have to do some stuff around it because that's awesome. Yes. But yes, the, the movie, I thought I loved it back when I saw it the first time. I love it even more now. Five stars, 14 thumbs up. Yeah. And see it. I loved it. I'm so glad that this won the listener request. So the listener request theme this month was horror comedy. And like, there were a bunch of other movies that I was like looking forward to seeing, but I'm glad this one won because this one blew me away at how funny it was yes thank you guys for picking this i honestly am looking forward to doing Shaun of the dead which was a very close second which i'm sure we'll do mm -hmm. eventually but yeah i love this movie so so much so let's do box office real quick we sort of talked about this a little bit but let me start with this what do you guys think the budget for this movie was oh i think this cost almost nothing i i want to say a mil okay because there is there is some tech stuff in it that yeah. would cost some money. I'm going to say a million one dollars. Okay. You're like being a dick on Price is Right. Yep. And so Mikey's going to win because it's yes. $1.6 million. Yeah. But you were both. <laughs> Come on down. Uh, but you're uh, you're both very, very close. That's But it's very, very cheap. It was a very, very cheap movie. Uh, and Paige, you sort of already alluded to box office numbers when you said it didn't get like a nationwide release at first, which is mm -hmm. why in its opening weekend, it only made $83,000. Yep. Which is horribly bad for an opening well, weekend. But you have to remember, normal opening weekends, you have literally almost 3,000 theaters showing it. Yes. This was only playing in two theaters its opening yeah. weekend and still made $83,000. That's a really good average. Yeah, it, it had two theaters at opening weekend and then expanded a little bit, but still just only New York and Los Angeles. But the other thing to remember, too, is that it initially had an opening in New Zealand and did amazing yeah. by New Zealand standards. Right. Oh, yeah. And then... They entered it in festivals, which is how they got the small release in the in the United States. And then they had to do a Kickstarter to have a wide release in the United States. Yeah. So domestically in the U.S., it made $3.4 million, but internationally it made $5 million. So this movie yeah. made $8.4 million. So it's still a hit. Like it made them quite a bit of money. Yeah, and in streaming and DVD sales and, and stuff, oh, I'm yeah. sure it made yeah. tons more. It got two ninety nine from me last night. Yeah, I mean, enough to make a TV show about it. Right? Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. So they're making money on money on this. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the TV show, so the first season did okay. The second season, because it aired largely in our first three months of quarantine, 
uh, rated higher than almost any other sitcom. Really? Like, really? It, got, it got crazy ratings. And, like, there was worry that it was, A, not going to come back for a second season, but then it did. And then there was worry that it wasn't going to come back for a third season. And they renewed it for a third and potentially fourth season nice. halfway through the second season. That's how good the ratings were. That's oh, wow. awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Are we ready for fun facts? I'm ready for fun Hit facts. Hit them with those fun facts. So we talked uh, kind of throughout a little bit about how it was originally a short film that they made yeah. with plastic teeth. I've got to see that movie. Oh, the short film. I've got to see it. It's good, Todd. It's pretty funny. Um, now, the film is largely improv They ended up really? shooting 125 hours of footage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so much. Yeah, Taika Waititi has joked a couple times that he might put it all online for other people to recut different versions <laughs> of the movie. Oh, my God. I would. Love I think that. that's just a joke, though. Yeah. That'd be a huge undertaking. Just to store all that data somewhere would be insane. Yes, because that's we're talking hundreds of gigs of data. Yes, yeah. Uh, the photo of the crowd that Vlad is hypnotizing is actually a photo of election night in Wellington, New Zealand, in 1945. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably my favorite fun fact. The character of Stu is not an actor. He's just a friend of Taika Waititi's. Really? Who was told. Yes, he was told. <laughs> he had a bit part they hid the fact that he was the main character so they could get genuine reactions from him anytime he describes Holy his job shit. in the movie that's his real job <laughs> oh my god and then just the way they edited and cut around it he becomes kind of this main character that's amazing that's so funny the same thing kind of goes for the retirement home it was a real retirement home and Catherine is a real resident there and they just kind of picked her oh. uh, and they just put a set of fangs on a set of her dentures. That's amazing. As far as some of the levitation stuff, especially uh, like when Taika Waititi kind of like levitates out of his coffin. Yeah. That took four crew members to basically pull him out. Um, sometimes the levitations would take up to eight crew members. So a lot of that is not done in green screen and not done ah. as CG. They are practical effects. Did they just like CG out the, the ropes or whatever, the cords? No ropes. They're like holding them. So that's why sometimes Holy in the movie shit. they look kind of shaky and like they're kind of <laughs> shifting because they're literally like on someone's shoulders. That's also why you very rarely see their entire bodies. Yeah. The few times that they do, it is wire work yeah. and they just CG out that wire work. But they also make use of things like the spinning room. Yeah. Because that's a quick way to make a lot of that flight work without having to do all the wire work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, and and they do use basically a shaky cam in that scene. Yeah. The ambulance at the end of the film is a real ambulance and crew, <laughs> and they agreed to be filmed on the stipulation that they could leave at any time if a real emergency happened. <laughs> Which it didn't. That's great, though. They got to do their job. And this currently holds the record for being the most pirated film in New Zealand <laughs> because it's been downloaded almost 300,000 times. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's insane. That is crazy. My favorite is the fact that Stu is just a real person That's, who ended up in this movie so on accident. <laughs> for, the, for the record, the population of all of New Zealand is 4.8 million people. So like 8% of New Zealand pirated this movie. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> That's insane. Also, I'm horrible at math, so don't hold me to that. But it's a good portion. 
It's a good portion. Uh, this is the movie that kind of became a calling card for Taika Waititi as a director. Yeah. Um, because then he got the ability to make a bunch of other stuff, eventually making Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, which are both amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's slated to do some really cool stuff coming up. So. Yeah, he's very talented. His other New Zealand movie is also on Hulu, and it's called Hunt for the Wilder People. And it is, I love it. It's got a lot of heart. It would make you cry, Todd. Yeah. Oh, I would cry for nothing. Sure. Jojo Rabbit is a lot of the same way mm-hmm. where it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. You get so attached to people. And then at a certain point, you're just sobbing uncontrollably, mm-hmm. but it's so good. It's so good. Those are the fun facts. Well, thank you so much for those fun facts. Paige with a special assist from Kate. Yes. Thank you. Scary scale. Let's do the scary All right. scale. All right. So hit him with that scary scale, Mikey. Hello listeners. <laughs> you're nailing it, Mikey. Right out of the gate. You got it. Our scary scale is a scale of how scary a movie is at the time we watched it from one to ten, one being house two, ten being arachnophobia. <laughs> or one being Ghostbusters and ten being Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. Paige, what do you think? This is a, a one, Absolutely. maybe even a zero for me. It's not scary. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't scary when I saw it originally. It's not scary now, uh, but I still love it. Todd? I would definitely say a one. It's not scary. It's awesome. Everyone should see it. If you're a horror virgin yourself, you need to watch this movie because it's amazing i also give it a one because yeah yeah it's not scary but it's great yeah i like it it is great Mm -hmm. if this was like a quality scale it would be much closer Mm -hmm. to nine or ten so this week the listeners made me watch what we do in the shadows and thank you so much listeners for that what are you guys making me watch next week Paige and i really came together had a really serious discussion about really serious classic horror movies good uh and we decided to do predator Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just decided to talk about it, but go a different route. (laughs) (laughs) We got to save some of the magic for later. For right now, it's Predator. Well, I have not seen Predator, but uh, people in the Facebook group have already said that Mikey and I need to act out a scene from Predator. (laughs) I'm not sure what that is, Uh, but I'm sure I will next week. It's definitely a testosterone-driven feature film. Well, it's the 80s. It's probably cocaine and testosterone filled. But it is amazing. (laughs) I have a lot of fun facts about that movie. If you want to gear up for the next episode and you're really curious about Predator, Wizard and the Bruiser does an entire episode on it. And that's one of those movie sets that might be cursed. Just everything went wrong. So if you're curious about Predator... Definitely dig into it. There's some really hilarious stories around the production of that movie. Well, awesome. Guys, watch Predator for next week. That is your official homework. Sounds like great (laughs) homework. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah, I actually do. Nice. Well, while you're bringing it up on your phone, let me tell them how they can have their review read. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes. And, you know, leave us a little text, something a little fun for Mikey to say. And he'll say it on the podcast when we read the review. We've actually gotten a lot of really great reviews recently. We, like, I think added 30 reviews this past week. It's been insane. So thank you guys so much for the growth. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us. It's been pretty amazing. Mikey, do you have a review for us? All right. Uh, this one is by FGBBSJSKSKSN. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Uh, it's called Love This. Oh, this I love it too. Love this podcast. Not even sure how I found them, but holy cow, they are hilarious. Ten million stars you should totally give them a try you won't regret it laughy sideways face awesome well thank you so much for for that awesome review that's amazing we appreciate it 
Awesome. Well, guys, if you want to have your review read on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so check out all their stuff on the website, consequenceofsound.net. And if you want to check out our stuff, go to horrorvirgin.com, where you can get links to our merch store and a lot of other great content up there. And if you want to check us out on social, go to at horrorvirgin on all the socials. And if you want to follow us all individually, Mikey is at mrandolph24, Paige is at Paige Wesley, or at Rampage Wesley. And do you want to tell them which is which, Paige? Yeah, it's at Peach Wesley on Twitter and at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Oh, nice. And if you want to follow me, I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great content, including like hours of bonus content. Every episode that we've done in the past, I don't know, three months has a director's cut with an even longer ad-free episode up there that comes out a day before the regular drop. There's a lot of great content, guys. Check it out. It's awesome. But if you can't help financially support the show, but you still want your daily free content, join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror virgin, or just click on one of the links we do pretty much weekly for it, if I remember. Yes. What he said. All right, that's going to be it for us, guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. Paige, you say something. You make your own catchphrase now. We'll just wait. Very good. Have a great week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bye. (laughs) Vampire nerds. Consequence Podcast Network.